This is the Dr. Duke Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Duke Show. I am he, and I am joined today by Alex Newman. Alex, thank you so much for your time. Great to be here. Thanks so much, Duke. I, I think that every now and then you, you step off on a plane, off of a plane, into the studio and back on a plane, so we appreciate you. So we're going to focus today on the state of Michigan, because this is now uh, what Wisconsin is becoming. It is unusual that a state like Wisconsin in the middle of, with Michigan on one side and Illinois on another side and Minnesota, for God's sake, on the other side, was going to long stay conservative. It ain't anymore. I predict within five years, uh, Wisconsin is going to be Minnesota. Again, that makes makes me very afraid of what Minnesota is going to be in five years. Uh, but let's talk with Michigan, state with M Michigan. One of the reasons why Republicans are highly unlikely to win any federal offices moving forward is because the complete Midwest now belongs, almost belongs to the left. They own the East Coast. They own the West Coast, more or less. Uh, they certainly own New England. And unfortunately now, with the exception of what's left, Ohio maybe and Indiana, there's not much in the middle of the country that belongs to them. And so we talk about Michigan as as a bellwether, a canary, a dead canary in a very big mine, a big mine, big, very big coal mine. The story is really, Michigan State warns the university is now updating its yearly policy of language control. This is Michigan State University, and they are updating their language guide, Alex, about what you're allowed to say and not to say, and the Orwellian thought police have come for us. I want to give your initial thoughts on that, and we'll show you some of the words now that you ought not to be able to speak if you want the privilege of attending college in Michigan. Yeah, it's absolutely bonkers, dude. Oh, wait, no, that's one of the words I'm not allowed to use. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it, oh, wait. It, 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 no, you can't use that <laughs> one either. We're, we're not going to be able to use much of anything. Uh, but, you know, the leftists are very strategic about this. It, it's easy to laugh and say, what a bunch of lunatics. Um, oh, can't use that word either. Uh, but uh, what's going on here is very, very strategic. Uh, it, in 1984, uh, Eric Blair or uh, George Orwell, as he was known, uh, you know, he had a lot of insight into how the manipulation of language actually manipulates thought processes. And so they would redefine words. They had double speak. Um, they had uh, wrong think uh, because they didn't want people to even be capable of thinking certain thoughts. And so what's happening here, they're, they're trying to reshape the way people think through the way language works, through the definitions of words. Uh, and one of the big goals, obviously, is to divide people, to get people hyper-conscious about uh, what they're saying and what they're thinking. Um, it's incredibly dangerous. And I think when people see the list of words, I know you're going to go through it in a moment, when people see the list of words and phrases that we're not allowed to use, uh, you're going to recognize that this is really, really subversive. Yeah, according to the story, and this happened, this was released about the end of March, just about a week ago, so very, very recent. Michigan State University has a language guide, as we said, that's updated annually. Here's a quote from the policy statement. Quote, the origins of seemingly innocuous idioms or words may be racist, sexist, ableist in nature. Listen to what they're saying here, right? That the words themselves may be innocuous, inoffensive, uh, just garden variety words, but somewhere 10, 20, 50, 500 years ago, 1,000, 2,000 years before Christ was born, maybe that word may have had an inauspicious association to a word that, it was self, that itself was bad. So the guide claims then that citing phrases like a cakewalk, calling a piece of something that's easy, a cakewalk, cakewalk, or a tipping 
point, or the word bonkers, as you just said, rule of thumb, are now examples of harmful language. And so cakewalk, do you even, I'm going to throw a curveball at you, Alan. Do you have any idea why cakewalk is now considered racist? Uh, you know, I saw that and I, I I was a little bit perplexed. Is it because walk is ableist? Ableist is one of the categories of words that uh, we're not allowed to use. And so that, that was my thought. But no, I really don't know. Because in the 1860s and the 50s during slavery, it was a custom in Southern culture to have a cakewalk where cakes were bathed, they baked, they, they were walked around, they were showcased, kind of like a bake, kind of like a bake off sort of thing. And because it was do- something that was done in the South where there was slavery, so a cakewalk now is, of course, racist too. Tipping point, uh, all of these bonkers. Well, anything that suggests that mental illness, and we saw this with the shooting in Tennessee. Look where we are now, Alex. Anything that suggests that a transgender person is in any way mentally uh, depressed or deficient, that's homophobia and transphobia. So you have a very disturbed girl who kills three Christian babies and she's the martyr now. This is, this is the nefarious end of this language control. To make, so when a, a cisgendered white lot male like you and me, when we shoot up a school, we're, we're nuts, we're crazy, we were, the Republican Party put it up to us, Christian, Nat, Christian National was the reason for it. But when it's done by a trans person, well, it's actually, can, you can't even go so far to suggest that that person may be bonkers. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think, again, the reason why is very deliberate, very strategic. And as you keep going through the list of words, you'll notice that one of the categories that you cannot mention is uh, anything that might have a, a Christian association, anything that might have to do with Christmas or traditional Christian holidays, days that we consider special. Can't use those because that is not inclusive enough. But, of course, you could celebrate uh, Ramadan or uh, Kwanzaa uh, till the cows come home. Uh, can I say till the cows come home? I don't know. <laughs> Flatulence. Crazy. Destroy. No, you can't mention cows. Their flatulence is destroying the world. Take a look at some That's of this right. list. Climatists. Yes, it is. And so th- this is a long list, but I want to go to the, the last one first. So in winter and spring, avoid references to major. Notice the word majority religious imagery. Of course, the only majority religion is Christianity. Just the fact that there are as many Christians in the world as there are Muslims doesn't make Islam a majority religion because, you know, most Americans aren't Muslims. And so that those holidays, Islamic sensibilities, will still be treated as if they were a minority. In winter and spring, avoid references to majority religious imagery and language, such as the words Mary, Mary, or Christmas trees, wreaths, holly, bells, gifts, reindeer, bunnies, eggs, and chicks. By the way, for uh, 50 years I've heard from my Christian friends, stop with the bunnies and the eggs and the chicks. Bunnies, eggs, and chicks have nothing to do with the Christmas Christmas story. Nevertheless, their Easter, their, their Corporate Easter uh, statements, right? Has nothing to do with Christianity, but because they happen at the same time of Easter, you got to get rid of those. Use terms like, quote, wishing you a wonderful winter spring break. And I got a question for you, Alex. What if somebody is got inclement weather disorder? What if somebody 
doesn't do well in the cold. Are you allowed to say, I wish you a wonderful winter? I mean, isn't that really ableist of them to say, if you've got that condition, my wife has it, right? Where in the, the, the gray gloom of basically seven months in Wisconsin during winter, you have a, a, a diagnosable problem. Now, I'm gonna, supposed to wish my wife a wonderful winter? That seems awfully, awfully skipshot on their side. Yeah, and it might be racist, too. You know, I'm thinking about now a lot of people's ancestors come from equatorial regions, tropical regions. If they're up there in the you know the far polar north like Wisconsin, uh, you know, how can you have a, a merry winter? It, it just I mean, oh, I guess you can't use merry either, uh, but a good winter. I mean, it's just uh, it just seems so racist. And uh, at, at some point, I mean, these people will start eating themselves. And we've kind of seen that already with the, the microaggressions and they're all microaggressing each other. And they're like, oh, is that a microaggression? I don't know. Um, they're going to drive themselves totally nuts. But the problem is when they eat the, I, I get as much schadenfreude as you do as watching them t trip all over themselves. But the ant, thanks to intersectionality, the answer to eating themselves is to go farther progressive and blame more things on non-progressives, right? So uh, every time you have a fight between a black male and a female lesbian, right? It, and somewhere down the low, road after they have a, their little cat fight, their little slap fight, right? Uh, down the road, they both agree and shake hands on the fact that the white dude's responsible. Always, and the, the hetero, the cis hetero, cis hetero uh, normative. Christian. No, oh, that's right. Yeah. And, and all those other things. Um, so, I mean, th this really is critical race theory, as you as you know, as you've written about very extensively. Uh, what they're trying to do here is create these divisions that then they can use to exploit. They can use to create conflict, which then they can use to collapse a society and, and seize power. Uh, we've seen this happen over and over and over again. Uh, and so that's really what's happening here with all this uh, hyper-racialism, with all this uh, hyper-sexuality, uh, any possible way to fracture society more, to divide people more, and uh, to cast people as either oppressors or oppressed. Uh, the oppressed, of course, will be the revolutionists. The oppressors will be the target, at least until the revolution finishes, at which point all of the, uh, many of the revolutionaries will be put up against the wall and shot as well. They, they never seem to understand that, no matter how many times it happens. Yeah, uh, you're, and and don't use the word wall. It's offensive to people who are bar border, <laughs> Oh, that's right. Sensitive. I forgot. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, already we've created how many microaggressions in this segment? But to the surprise of nobody, gender and sex gets the lion's share of the uh, Soviet change of language. Some examples here. Avoid, this is the big one. Avoid using the term female as a noun for women. You, notice, notice it doesn't say you can't do it for men. Nowhere does it mention that. Avoid the term specifically female when you're talking about women. This pejorative term reduces women to their assumed biological anatomy. So notice the way biological anatomy is parsed, assumed. Biological anatomy in that one sentence is an assumption, not a truth. The female, the word female is a negative term that subjugates women. You go down the, the list, the nickname, you don't use the word nickname. If the name you choose is not the name you go by, if you're Jeffrey and you call yourself Jeff, well, that implies that a person's name is a substitute for their legal name, that you can't even use the phrase nick nickname. Queer, queer is originally a pejorative. It is an umbrella term covering people who are not heterosexual or cisgender. 
Avoid using the term unless people or organizations use the term to identify themselves. And by the way, that all, they didn't say it, but that also means the N-word, right? That the N-word is perfectly acceptable, uh, acceptable by that definition if African Americans are using it but nobody else better use it. And this is another Orwellian aspect of this, Alex, how uh, it's not just we all can't say certain things. If you're somebody in particular, you can use all of those words and you can use them to punish people who aren't you for using them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually really daunting, Duke. Um, and and I, I've already identified several microaggressions within the list of things we're not allowed to say. And so, uh, actually, I think the people who wrote this list probably ought to be fired. But uh, this is really, really intense. I mean, the the list of things that you're not allowed to say is just, it's massive. Um, it's, it's crazy. And I don't know how uh, anybody can actually seriously have rational thoughts. I mean, it makes me think of Romans 1, where, where people are just handed over to a depraved mind. They're going to drive themselves crazy just trying to obey this list. Uh, you know, it's, I, I think it's really setting these kids up for, uh, for almost like a mental breakdown. Well, yeah, I think that's what it's going to do to the kids. But the people manipulating the language, they're not going to be worried about this. All these pretzels that we see them tying themselves in, it's based on logic, right? So we know what I just pointed out to you, this idea that women, the, the word female, and that biological anatomy is now an assumption, not a reality. There's all sorts of uh, laugh out loud, illogical statements that they're making. The problem is, is that you and I, and a lot of common sense people, we believe in logic and empirical evidence, and we believe in uh, the things that, that underpin Western culture, but they don't. They don't anymore. And the fact that they don't is a, an advantage to them. They use those words against us. They limit us. They, they fence us in because they know we believe in certain intrinsic truths. They are liberated from that. So although I guarantee you this is primarily white liberal women behind this at Michigan State. I guarantee it that they are a, a overrepresentative group who put this list together. And yet, because they're white and they're female and most of them are heterosexual, doesn't matter. They get to do this and they get, by doing this, a kind of uh, inoculation from the consequences. Take a look at this. It even gets more ridiculous. So instead of the word freshman, which has the word man and upperclassman too, use first year and advanced. By the way, isn't it advanced meritocracy? Isn't it advanced? A This is another one of those examples where, according to what you just said, Alex, logic seems to defy them. They've, they've twisted themselves into the proverbial pretzel again. Because when you use first year and then you use the word advanced, you're suggesting that being beyond the first year in school makes you somehow better or smarter or more educated. That, of course, would be a huge microaggression. Consider using second year third year, fourth year in place of sophomore, junior, senior. But numbers, as we've learned for Common Core, numbers are also bigoted, right? Four is more than three, which is more than two. And so the higher numbers are exploiting the lower numbers. Use the term emeritus instead of emeritus, which of course has got a, a male declension in Latin. Stop using emeritus and use the word emeritum, which is another way of saying they instead of he. So even now, they're colonizing the ancient language of Latin to become more like they want it to be in terms of gender neutrality.
Yeah, uh, th- uh, this is actually frightening, Duke. I mean, this is really, really scary. Um, and, and I don't know how normal people are going to be able to communicate with these would-be rulers of humanity. Like, How would a normal person, like a plumber, who doesn't know all the woke language, how would they talk to somebody who came out of one of these colleges and everything is a microaggression? I mean, it, how are we even going to continue communicating uh, with each other as Americans? Uh, I mean, these people are going to be offended over everything. Uh, and frankly, I, I don't think most of the country, I don't think most people are going to study the the list of microaggressions, the list of terminology we're not allowed to use. Um, This is setting us up for uh, some very, very bizarre situations down the road here. Well, it's going to allow the uh, academic state, the, the academic industry, if you were, to then decide who gets in and doesn't get in, who gets, th- gets their diploma and who doesn't. Uh, they, they keep saying that these are suggested changes a- in the same way that in Soviet uh, Russia that you, you, you were given uh, directives to follow that, you know, you, you were free not to choose them, but there were always very six severe consequences. And we're not done with the state of Michigan. We're not done with that state. Uh, still to come, a, a Michigan university is set to host five separate graduation celebrations. Used to be that uh, segregation was bad, but not if you're a college in Michigan, right after the break. Yes, Alex. So one of those pretzels we've been talking about, how the left, with its own goofy, woke, progressive legislation, its ideology, keeps contradicting itself. It's hypocritical. It's self-reversing. Nevertheless, it moves forward. And we have an example example here. We have a school in Michigan, a a college. This is Grand Valley State University in Allendale, Michigan, just a few miles west of Grand Rapids. Uh, It's now offering graduation celebrations for students who I separate graduation celebrations for students who identify as Asian, Black, Latino, AX, Native American, and even LGBTQIA+. So, as I said before, the tease there, uh, at, during the tease, so segregation is bad. You know, if uh, uh, white people are doing it, if, 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 if there aren't enough, if, if we don't have 24% uh, representation for Afri- African Americans, in our TV shows and our commercials, double the number of the, per- the percentage that there are, then it's, of course, discrimination and segregation and the evils of all that. Meanwhile, these same progressive universities turn around and they segregate their graduation programs. Take a look at the list here. So the Asian, oh yes, I have an Asian graduation. That's new uh, because Asians are often taught, thought to be a little too white. So I guess it's good that the Asians now get to segregate as well. April 15th of this year, coming up, black graduation on the 15th. And by the way, same with the Latinx. Uh, but no, th- this is, again, really, really scary. And wh- what do you do with a black person who doesn't primarily identify as a black person? What do you do with a- an Asian person who doesn't primarily identify as an Asian person? What do you do with black people? I just heard uh, Vody Baucom. Uh, author of the excellent book Fault Lines, happens to be of African ancestry, uh, say that race is not a biblical concept, that race is a social construct, and that this is a uh, man-manufactured idea. Uh, What do you do with somebody like that who doesn't identify as black uh, and yet is of African heritage? They don't want to maybe have a uh, celebration of their graduation with only people who are quote-unquote black. They don't even recognize that. What do you do with these people? Uh, But really what this is, Duke, uh, is 
just exactly what we saw in communist China, right? Uh, you divide people up into these different victim groups. And, and, and it first clicked for me, uh, speaking with a Chinese lady who had survived the Cultural Revolution, Lily Tang Williams. Uh, she explained that Chairman Mao divided people up into these two broad categories. Uh, they had the red classes and the black classes, the oppressed class, that was the, um, the, the red classes. It was the uh, landless peasants, the uh, workers, etc. And then the oppressor classes, the black classes, that was the uh, landowners, the business owners, etc. Uh, so what's happening here is the same kind of division into these uh, brainwashed zombies uh, called students at this university into different classes, different categories. Uh, you've got all the quote-unquote racial minorities, their victims, uh, and then you've got the non-racial minorities, our oppressors, you've got the heterosexuals, our oppressors, you've got the homosexuals, our victims. Uh, and so, you know, the purpose is not, you know, the people at the top of the hierarchy don't actually believe this nonsense themselves. Uh, the purpose is to set up this conflict, exploit this conflict for the purpose of eventually seizing power. Uh, and unfortunately, not one in a thousand of these brainwashed students coming out of these colleges has the first inkling of what's going on and what they're being set up for. Well, Bobby was exactly right. This is a social construct. Race has always been a social construct, but that's the problem. By, uh, by appropriating the word social construct, the left has made everything a social construct. It's not just race, as biblically we know, race is not a thing. God didn't make race to be different categories of human beings. They were all, were all human. But the problem is the left has taken that and run with it to the point that, as you know, now a woman is a social construct. Female anatomy, as we saw in the previous segment. Believing that there is such a thing as female anatomy, biologically speaking, is also an assumption. It's a social construct. God is a social construct. Truth, math, science, empirical evidence are all social con constructs now. And therein lies the rub. This is nihilism. This is anarchy masquerading as some kind of elevated discourse because morons with PhDs are the ones who are spitting it out there. Yeah, morons with PhDs is a very good description, and also evil maniacs, which I know we're not allowed to use the term maniac anymore, according to their silly um, new guide for language. But um, th this is maniacal. This is evil. Um, it's insane. It's all of those things. Uh, and and frankly, you know, you would have thought that we would have reached peak insanity some time ago at this point. But um, they just seem to keep going. So I, I really don't know where this ends, Duke, other than just a total implosion of society, uh, a total, uh, you know, frenzy, a bloodbath as it did in communist China. I don't know, but I can't see this going anywhere good. Well, of course, the lavender or the queer, which is another word we're not allowed to use, anymore queer the queer graduation gets its own day right it's not with the black and the latino and the native american and it's very interesting uh, the la they call it the lavender the lavender and race-based graduations at gsvu are offered in addition to university commencement ceremonies for the colleges of education engineering computer science interdisciplinary studies business health profession nursing and liberal arts and sciences so Everything is an academic graduation except the, these ideological and uh, self-identificative kinds of new things. So the only thing uh, right alongside computing and nursing is now gay and black and Asian and Latinx. Notice what they're doing here. Everything is ac accounted for except what we would call the majority. Right. It's, this is this is the, the majority of this country now is on the wrong side of existence itself.
Yep. Uh, for very obvious strategic purposes, the divide and conquer, uh, as Jesus put it, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. In fact, it will be laid waste. It will be brought to desolation coming soon to a theater near you. Yeah, and there's about eight words in Jesus' statement that now would be prohibited if Jesus was alive today. And that's going to wrap up this show. If you have any questions, comments, or want to support this show, simply visit drdukeshow.com. And for all of us at The Dr. Duke Show, thank you. Alex, uh, always a pleasure, and we'll see you next time.